1: Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks to tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today, guys. An amazing new, uh, new for me at least, food brand that you guys are going to love. The Good Crisp Company. I love it. I can't even wait to unpack this or open it up for you today. Um, no pun intended. Um, on the podcast today, is CEO and co- co-founder, Matt Perry. Matt, so great to have you on the podcast
0: Really happy
1: to be here. Thanks for asking. It's so great. I've, I've, just been, I've enjoyed connecting with you and learning more about your brand, um, and can't wait to dive into your your, your products here. And gosh, I, I think you have a really neat story. And um, so, anyway, before we, I'm getting ahead of myself. Before we get there, talk about your background and how you decided to start your own business.
0: Definitely. Well, as you may hear, my accent um, is from <laughs> Australia. So that, that's really my, my background. I was um, born in Australia, a town called Adelaide, South Australia, a beach town. I did my marketing degree there at college and, and straight out of uni got a job um, with a, a sales and marketing company, essentially. And, and they were importing products from a, from around the world and from other states and selling them into Australia and, and into my my hometown. So, sort of have always started off being in CPG and focusing on launching brands and, and growing brands. Um, and, and at that company, I started there as a sales rep on the road and, and worked from there and then began managing a team and then key account managers and then sort of started to launch brands for other brands and things like that. So sort of have worked in every aspect of, of CPG and have launched quite a few brands into a, other people's brands into Australia, should I say, sorry. i um, sure. sort of got a feel of what works, what doesn't work, you know, you can have the greatest idea, but if it's not executed properly, or vice versa, saying it's executed really well, but maybe isn't the most best brand in the world, still works. So learn a lot of things through that sort of background in, in CPG.
1: Totally. Love that. So, and you, so you're working with other brands to help them get off the ground. Talk about the background for the Good Crisp company. I love the name, like I said, but share your story in terms of why you decided to start your own business.
0: Yeah, so I've always been an, that entrepreneur sort of thing, that spirit sort of set up little mini businesses at school and, and things like that. And wherever I could, I've just really enjoyed five. I mean, I didn't really know it was called entrepreneur or anything like that <laughs> when, when right. I was growing up. That's a you know, relatively new phenomenon to some degree, but you know, I just was always interested and always interested in business and ideas and, and marketing. So I've always had that in me, I guess, for, for quite a while. Um, and my job, I was able to to scratch that itch with with other people's money and other people's brands and learn from from that and just knew that I was in a great position to be able to learn as much as I could. So I always felt like I knew I was going to start a business. It was just a matter of, of when the right idea and opportunity came along because I was sort of really enjoying what I was doing. So that came when um, I helped launch some canister chips into into the U.S. and contacted, sorry, into Australia and and contacted with one of the um, best, to be frank, manuf- statute manufacturers in the world, based in in Malaysia, and got sure. to understand and work with them, and and sort of thought, hey, th- these guys make a great product, but you know, um, I had young kids at the time, I was um, on a fairly strict diet myself around gluten free and cutting things out, and I thought. Wouldn't it be great if we could take this iconic canister chip that, that I'd grown up with that right. my kids kept, kept asking me about, but, but I just didn't feel happy giving it to them. I thought, what, what if I could try and adapt that and give that into something that, that I know that I would be happy with and, and that my friends would be happy to give their kids? So that, that was sort of the the idea and the focus. I mean, I'm, I'm sure lots of people have had that idea as well, but I just happened to you know have the background and also some context to be able to sort of give it a go and, and bring it to life.
1: I love it. Yeah, and I also love how you put in, on your website the history of the crisp. Um, yeah. The potato chip was invented in 1853 by accident. And then, <laughs> that's so funny, Flavor potato chips, 1950. You were born in 1985. And then, it's so funny, see the whole progression. Um, that's it. I love it. So how did you decide where to start? In other words, you wanted to make a, a better-for-you chip, basically, you call it crisp. Um, so h- how did you know even how to start you know in this space like uh, did you because you had done some work around it but how did you decide and figure out that first step
0: yeah so you're right i had some background it, which definitely helped so I wasn't starting from from scratch um and then as well i mean making a can of the chip or like a pringles alternative it's not like it's not like baking mix or a kombucha or something where i could right. make it up make it up at home and right take it to the farmer's market and start that sort of thing so um, it sort of had to be a bit of an all or nothing to start with. So I worked with um, our co-packer and our partner to say, "Hey, this is what I'd like you guys to develop." You know, I, I've helped you launch some products in Australia. I, you know, we know each other now for for a while. Um, I think there's an opportunity here. Would you be interested in in helping develop and using your your R and D team and and your factory there to help develop this this product? And so it came about just thinking through um, what do I actually want from this product. So you know, I knew. Gluten free was important. Pringles and, and other canister chips put a lot of flour and fillers. So there was, there was all of these celiacs and, and people that live a gluten free lifestyle that, that couldn't eat uh, canister chips. Um, and then I wanted to really clean up the, the ingredients. So, you know, taking out the MSG, um, taking out all the artificial flavors and colors, taking anything that didn't need to be in there. Then we wanted to make sure it was non-GMO, Project Verified. We wanted to make sure that we were using sustainable oils and all those wow. things that i would learned launching different brands. Say, hey, this is what I want in a product, but most of all, it needs to taste good because at right. the end of the day, of we're we're a, we're a snack company. That that's number one. And so, actually, you mentioned about the the name, the Good Chris Company. Really, that came from because I thought that there's actually three pillars that that make us good, and this is what I want to have in in my. My uh, product, so it starts with actual good taste. So that might seem uh, obvious, but a lot of better for you snack brands, they sort of forget about the taste. They focus on what for us is our second pillar around good ingredients and everything about that, and they sacrifice sure. taste. We said no, nah, we want to make sure that good taste comes first, then good ingredients, and then the third one is feeling good about yourself, and and that's also the emotional part of that. That's really important to to me as a as a parent. I know how hard it is to you know, to constantly keep our kids fed and all of that parents and mum guilt around, you know, I want to give them something healthy, but they don't eat it. So I feel bad, but I still want them to eat. And there's a lot of guilt tied up with that. And so we say, just relax. You know, if we can make it a bit easier, if we can make you feel good, well, well that's what it's about for us as well.
1: I love that. So um, you have this idea, you, you have some individuals in your network that you can lean on to help, at least with the getting started part. Um, Like what was the, the end of it the, the, the kind of that, Process like at the beginning of getting a product made? And, in other words, like what did that look like from the start and how long did it take?
0: Yeah, it took a, it took a while. It took a, lo- a lot of back and forth um, and a lot of give and take there, just around this whole balancing those two sort of pillars I talked around about good ingredients and good taste. And okay, we'd strip everything out and it wouldn't taste good. So how do we sort of put it back in? And then obviously, you know, we, we need to compete on price as well right. and all those things. So th- that was the so probably the biggest part and, and i have to sort of just the back and back and forth and um go through that so I've probably took 12 to 18 months for a full time to, to get that that right um and then we took it to a couple of the retail partners that i had sort of developed over the years and said hey what do you guys think about this we're sort of at the end of our iterations you know they might give a little bit of feedback and we'll use that to tweak it and say, and I say hey look you know matt you know this ingredient here, we're hearing more about that. Can you try and take that out of it, or hey, can you try and get your sodium down, or something like that? So we, sure. we had, that was our final sort of adjustment there until we had a product that that we were really happy with. Um, and then you know, because we'd been talking to a couple of these retailers along the way, sort of once it was ready, they were they were excited and, and happy to sort of launch it. So it was almost a two-pronged strategy or two birds of one stone where we got their feedback, but we also were selling to them in a more relaxed environment as well over that time. And they felt ownership of it and were happy to put it in once, once sure. it was developed.
1: Love the product package. Um, age, there's a bunch of flavors here. Aged White Cheddar, Classic Original, Sea Salt and Vinegar, Outback Barbecue. I'm sure that's a good one. Sour Cream and Onion, of course, one of my faves. Um, when you started off, did you start off direct-to-consumer or were you right away in retail stores? What did that look like?
0: Yeah, no, we were right right into retail, um, and thought so this was seven years or so ago. So we launched us into Australia, so and particularly in Australia as well is even less direct to consumer food than, oh, yeah. than sure. the US, and and now, so um, it was right into retail. And to be frank, it, it struggled for a little while. Um, Australia has a smaller population than the US, has a cut about two or three major grocery chains that have a lot of power and control, and we were struggling to to get in and to get the volume. Um, but we started to get as we got the product out there, we started to get more interest from from the US and from Whole Foods and places like that. And so uh, you know, we 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 pivoted over over there and we we'll get to that in a minute, but sort of started to go more in into the US. But even then it was still at, at retail level and, and with grocery stores, and that was sort of our focus for the first few years. And it wasn't sort of until last year um that we started really to put some more effort on to direct to consumer, and now that's you know. of our business, so it's still um, got plenty of opportunity there as a balance against the stores that we're in, but we see it definitely as a growing part of our business.
1: That's amazing and cool that you were right into retail. I mean, that's not so easy as you know nowadays. Although, uh, you know, I'd say more open openness to it now, which is awesome. Um, when did you know it? Like people liked it. <laughs> in other words, I mean, yep. I guess it's pretty easy. You knew a potato chip. Most people like chips, and this is like better for you, chip. But I mean, like, was there a point in time when you're like, okay, I think we have something here.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, specifically for the U.S. market as well, I think that that for me was a big point because I couldn't take anything for granted. Even though we're sort of similar countries, there's a lot of differences particularly around taste and snacks and what's important. Totally. So um, how I sort of went through that process is uh, you're probably aware of the – Natural Products Expo West in, in Anaheim. Absolutely, go, absolutely. Uh, every year. So I'd gone to that a, a couple of times just to look for products and ideas to bring back to Australia. And I thought, well, if I'm serious about the US, why don't I just book a table there, a booth there, put my product out there and, and see and see what the interest is. You know, maybe cost me five or six grand, but, but I'll, I'll know then after the end of that whether I should go ahead or not. Um, right. And so I, ha- I had it all out there and sort of had packaging that we had sort of I'd mocked up and wrapped up to, to sort of meet the U.S. requirements. Um, and and then it just, um, you know, sort of people would be walking down and just sort of stop and, and come back and say, is that, a, is that a healthy Pringle or is that a, a natural right. Pringle? And then and sure. so <laughs> they would try it and they'd be like, wow, that, that's amazing. And and so at the end of the show, I just, that experience of sort of four or five days, I just knew that, I knew it was going to be a lot of work. I didn't know if it was going to be successful or, or what have you, but, but I knew that, there was genuine interest in this style of product, and that people liked we'd got the flavors um, predominantly right as well. And so that, that trade show, you know, sampling out to you know a thousand plus people in the in in the industry was a real um, wow. sort of turning point for me, uh, giving me the courage to come to the US.
1: Yeah, and one thing I'll say is because your packaging is in a Pringle-like can, that. It, you don't have to train consumers people see it and they, they know what's probably inside. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's a good thing in terms of, I, I would think you can leverage yep. that.
0: D- definitely. We haven't, I mean, that really helped and, and was one of the reasons we could go into retail a We didn't, a lot of, didn't have to spend on, on uh, education, as you say, or a lot of demos and sampling and things, which is inc- incredibly expensive. So we didn't have to do a lot of that. And so we were able just to put it on shelf and, and consumers responded to that. Particularly we started off in the natural channel where, where we were the only canister chip in the whole aisle and Got so it. you know that that was where that definitely helped at the start
1: wow so looking forward what are keys to growth um especially as retail is opening back up or in mean, grocery obviously had a booming year last year but what what do you look forward is it new flavors is it just getting into more stores what does that look like for you
0: Yeah, it's a combination of both so you're right things are opening back up which is nice but for, you know 12 18 months they, they weren't and so um, we've got a, like we launched our new flavors this time last year, sort of right when things were falling apart. So um, you know we didn't get out our sea salt and vinegar aged white and, and um, barbecue out as much as we would like. So that we've got a, some catching up to, to do there. And already wherever we've got it, they're performing extremely strongly. So we know the flavors are, are right. Uh, we've just got to get it out to a few more stores. So that's that's part of it. Um, and then, yeah, we've got some new flavours and ideas that we've been working on that we think, you know, we'll launch through our website and through other select partners um, and just keeping the excitement going around this this product. Um, you know, we just lacked our COVID sales. So we had the totally. big COVID spike like everybody uh, in March and then it's come back around again and we're actually ab- above that uh, now. So our wow. our baseline is now sort of, you know, what what the spike was and more. So there's just a lot of organic baseline growth. Our packaging, introducing those new flavors has sort of given us a real solid footprint at retail level. So people are noticing us more, they're trying us and because of the product quality and taste, they're they're coming back and, and they're, being loyal customers, so we're just seeing that sort of organic week on week growth. So, uh, which is really exciting and showing us that there's a lot more opportunity with retail.
1: That's awesome. Um, I would love to ask each of our guests, like, what would be two or three of the biggest lessons learned um, that you've experienced in, in building and growing a new brand? And I know you're, you know, you're on that path right now. You're on the growth curve and whatnot. But what what would be two or three pieces of advice you'd offer to our listeners?
0: Yeah, I think um, probably two things. I think about that have really been instrumental for, for us and what I've lived through this is one is is product market fit and we talk about like that's, that's a, you know, a buzzword out of the tech world and things right. like that but but it really does apply here I mean that I didn't have product market fit in Australia and we struggled and you know I was struggling to get it out there yet when we came here to the US it did fit there, there was a market for it there was a place I could sell it it was easier and so that you know really um, changed so in Australia I'd be ringing up retailers asking them to take the product getting no here in the US, I would have retailers ringing me and saying, hey, can we take your product? And so that that just made a huge difference. And I could see that this actually was something people genuinely wanted. And then se- second one um, for me would be around around packaging. Um, and, and being in marketing and, and products, I've always been aware of the power of packaging. But we, we changed our packaging this, this time last year as well. We, we did a redesign and a rebrand. And as well as sort of the COVID tailwind, it's also been... The packaging that's had a huge impact on on our and our stores. Just so we did a fairly drastic change, but sort of in colours and design and everything like that. But like for like sales, where, where nothing else changed except for our packaging, we're seeing an eighty uh, percent increase in in our sales just purely wow. from packaging. So Amazing. particularly when you're at retail, when when you know people have only got a few seconds at, at the shelf, it really makes a difference. Um, and I've just you know I I took that for granted, I think, and I've and I've seen the power of that. So they're probably of the big lessons I've learned in the last couple of years with
1: this business, I love that. Wow, that's so cool. I'm excited for you and uh, where you guys are and what's in front of you, uh, Matt. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your product, etc.
0: Definitely, yes. Yeah. So we're, we're in uh, most natural retailers, we're in Whole Foods nationally, we're in Walmart nationally uh, as well. We have a store locator on our website with all of our information. <laughs> See there <that>? at yep. <laughs> the goodchriscompany.com. You can also buy us online there. So there's plenty of places to get us. Um, and then you can contact with me. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn under Matt Perry, which is P-A-R-R-Y. Right.
1: Not the other. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm sure you get that <laughs> all the time. Um, Matt, it's so great meeting you. Excited for you and your brand. Um, lots of growth in front of you. I hope you'll come back on down the road and share more about um, where the company is and where it's grown to. And I uh, really appreciate you making the time. Absolutely. No, my absolute pleasure, Justin. I appreciate it.
0: The ContenderCast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com.